Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of God Crew Podcast. Podcast with them is to expand more the truth of scripture, equipping the saints so that they may grow into the knowledge of God and remain firmly rooted in his word, so as not to be tossed to and fro with all winds of doctrine. Without further ado, I would like to go in and start on a mini-series on the doctrine of God. This has been long overdue, but I trust you've been patiently waiting uh, for me to drop this episode, and I pray that this will be a blessing uh, to you. Hope uh, you've had a wonderful week, and uh, you're doing uh, well throughout the weekend. This topic is a very important topic, uh, the knowledge of God, because we all long uh, and we have that void in us uh, that needs to be filled. And God has revealed his existence to every creature. In Latin, there is a phrase called the summum bonum. This means the highest good out of which other goods flow. So we have to move past the fact that we know God exists into a deeper understanding of who God is. That is, his characters, his names, his attributes, and this can only be found in what has been revealed in Scripture. Well, one of the first undertaking is to study the incom- incomprehensibility of God. The incomprehensibility of God doesn't mean that we cannot know God. We have just found that we can come to an understanding of God through his word. But when theologians use incomprehensible or God is incomprehensible, they mean that since we are finite being, we are limited, uh, then we cannot come to a fuller understanding of an infinite being. John Calvin calls this in his phrase, articulated it in his phrase, finitum non capax, infinitum, which means the finite cannot grasp the infinite. As his prayer goes to say in his book, everyone is a theologian, quote, we can have an apprehensive, meaningful knowledge of God, but we can never, not even in heaven, have an exhaustive knowledge of him. We cannot totally comprehend all he is. God says his ways are not our ways. So there will always be a limit in our knowledge of who God is. We'll never comprehend him fully. It was also to say our minds are finite, lacking the capacity to grasp or understand all that God is. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are and not our thoughts. He surpasses our ability to comprehend him in his fullness. I've, I also read an article where he says, God remains incomprehensible because he reveals himself, himself without revealing everything there is to know about him. He then quotes scripture from Deuteronomy 29.29. The, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things that are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. It's not as if we have no knowledge of God or as if we have 
consummate knowledge of God, rather, we have a working knowledge of God that is useful and crucial to our lives. So we can have a knowledge that is useful and crucial for our life because God has revealed himself in scripture. And therefore, since we cannot grasp how uh, God, like God in a fuller understanding or comprehending, Calvin went on to say that his gracious and mercy condescends to live for our benefit. That is, God has spoken to us like a parent would speak to their child. Uh, I have a nephew who is one year old, and sometimes he's try he tries to like say words like they might sound gibberish, but you try to have a connection by calling the child by trying to talk in the same language as the child, which is meaningful to both of you because you're trying to communicate, and therefore. God has done that in that the Bible has been written in an anthropomorphic language. Anthropomorphic language. And anthropomorphic comes from the Greek word anthropo, anthropos, which means man or mankind or human. And the word morphology, which is the term for the study of forms and shape. And therefore, anthropomorphic simply means in human form and we find this in scripture such as the throne the heavens are the are god's throne and the earth is his footstool isaiah 66 1 we also have god owns the cattle on a thousand hills psalms 50 verses 10 well we cannot <laughs> to just interpret and say oh god is this a supernatural being who is in heaven and he comes down to his cattle and <laughs> which he owns in a thousand hills. Well, it doesn't mean that way. What it describes is that God is powerful, that God is big, um, God is mighty, uh, God is wealthy. Um, so that is what it describes, though it describes it in an anthropomorphic language. So this is how we can speak to God. This is the only way we know how to speak. And therefore, God has met us in He in uh, our, our place. And he has given us his word and he has described his word in our own language so this is what we call the anthropomorphic language um alcis pro in his book everyone is a theologian goes to court for this reason god does not speak to us in his language he speaks to us in ours and because he speaks to us in the only language we can understand we are able to grasp it in other words, all biblical language is anthropomorphic and all language about God is anthropomorphic because the only language we have at our disposal is anthropomorphic language and that is because we are human beings. And therefore, since there is a gulf between the infinite God and the finite human beings, the church has come and has been careful in how 
it seeks to describe God. These are, are some of the way the church describe God, and that's three ways. One is via negation. We describe by we describe God by saying what he is not. For example, we have noted that God is infinite, which means not finite. Since we are finite and limited, we call God infinite. You see, that's a way of negation. We call God what, what he is not. Uh, another way is via eminence, where non-human concepts or references are taken to the ultimate degree, such as m omnipotence and omniscience. So we describe God as all-powerful. We are powerful, but God is all-powerful. Omni means all, and potence means power. Omni means all, and scientia means knowledge. So these are taken to the ultimate degree that we are not. So we are powerful, we have strength, uh, but God is all-powerful. Uh, we have our minds and we can do science and all these. We can use logic and stuff to explain things, but God is all-powerful. Another way is via affirmation. And where and this is where specific statement about the character of, of God, for example, God is one or God is holy, and God is sovereign, these positive attributes are given to God and are found to be true of Him and Him only. We are now holy. God is holy. God is sovereign. God controls all that is happening. In Hebrews, He say, He sustained the world in the power of His word. He rules over His creation. So, these are only affirmed to him and him alone. In also considering the concept of the incons incomprehensibility of God, uh, the church also has delineated three distinct forms of human speech. We have the first one, univocal language, where when applied to two different things, has the same meaning. If I say, my dog is good, or if I call, a cat is good. Well, they both are obedient. So that means the same thing. Uh, the next one is equivocal speech. Equivocal speech, which changes the radical, uh, which changes radically in its meaning when used for two different things. For example, a nut. Example refers to the food. Also, it can refer to a mechanical tool, a nut that you put and screw, <laughs> you screw the nut, or it can refer to food. So that's what equivocal uh, speech means. Or also, it can mean when you've watched a movie and you come out and say, that movie was bald, you know. It doesn't mean the movie didn't have hair or, <laughs> or anything, but the way it was presented was just plain and boring. So that's how equivocal speech uh, works. Another one, and the last one, last but not least, is analogical speech, which is a representation based on proportion uh, or 
a comparison of two otherwise unlike things based on resemblance of a particular aspect. A man and a dog may both be good, but their goodness is not exactly the same. But when we say God is good, we mean that his goodness is like or similar to our goodness. Not identical, but enough like ours that we talk meaningful, meaningful with each other. This is a quote from R.C. Pro in his book, Everyone is a Theologian. And he finishes off to say and quote, The fundamental principle is that even though we do not know God exhaustively and comprehensively, we do have meaningful, meaningful ways of speaking about him. God has addressed us in our terms. And because he has made us in his image, there is an analogy that opens for us the avenue of communication to him. So in between univocal language and equivocal speech, we have the analogical speech, uh, speech which we can use to communicate uh, in, a meaningful, in a meaningful way to our God. So I trust that this has been a blessing to you as we have opened uh, there that as we continue you will continue growing into the knowledge of God. Appreciate you all. Uh, if you like what you heard uh, please share with your friends, share with your family and I pray that the Lord may be with you in the coming week and I'll see you then. Bye.